Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire plays jams from uh, local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Paul Val, and he's playing Saturday night at the Continental Club. Oh, yeah. There you go. You should know where that is. And uh, you Continental also- Club getting love today, huh? Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. some good bands this weekend. That's yep. true. There you go. Patrick always uh, hooking you up. So, uh, even if you're not that cool, you can sound really cool in front of all your friends. Act like you know where all the best bands are playing in the ATX. Uh, go to uh, uh, Twitter if you want to reach out to us. We're at Hardball Hard. She's at Hardball Hard in your Twitterverse. Patrick Davis said, It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers. Specs text line also wide open 512-337-3776. Um, Harge, what you got coming up for the people on Harge Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and something that he needs to continue to look at to have success this season. Mm. Okay. And it ain't your wide receivers. And it ain't, <laughs> it ain't your wide receivers. Uh, I like that. Okay. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up uh, in Hard Knock Life coming up next segment. I want to get into some Texas football discussion here. There are a couple of uh, nuggets we had to get to. Texas basketball as well. Uh, there's a conference schedule uh, update to get to for Texas. Um, first, this is an uh, X-Man comparison I thought was pretty interesting mm-hmm. uh, that you sent hard. So um, there are uh, basically there are comparisons now being made in the scouting community, uh, which makes sense um, that did basically uh, that Xavier Worthy reminds them of Devontae Smith, the NFL rookie watch uh, they put out there. Uh, Xavier Worthy is reportedly thought to be comparable to Devontae Smith as a mm-hmm. prospect, according to Rick Spielman, former NFL GM. Worthy is listed at 6'1", 172. Uh, Devontae Smith currently listed at six foot 170. Many NFL scouts uh, believe that, yeah, that they are comparable in their skill set. And, of course, we know the ultimate link is Steve Sarkeesian. He likes skinny, fast wide receivers. He does. That's his type. Mm-hmm. If you go look at all of my ex-women uh, that I've dated all throughout my life, you'd probably recognize a trend or a pattern, and then you'd be like, oh, Robbie's got a type. There's like 70% of these women, uh, uh, you know, they got some similarities, some commonalities, uh, you know, big booty brunettes, whatever it may be. Uh, and same thing with Sark. You go look at his wide receivers, and I think you'd find – they have some commonalities, and speed is one. And there, some of them are on the slender side. Mm-hmm. Didn't mind a slender wide receiver. 
Yeah, some people listen. Tom Herman liked the big body wide receivers, right? Like Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, big body wide receivers. He recruited Troy O'Meary. He wanted guys who could go up and Troy O'Meary just said, "Look, man, he let me exactly, exactly." Everybody that big. Remember, people said he was getting first team reps as a true freshman. Yes, and then he had the injury. He had the injury. Another injury, and of course, we know how that ends. So uh, there you go. Uh, Looks like a lot of comparisons being made uh, with uh, Devontae Smith for. My man, Xavier Worthy. That's yep. a good thing. He that won, is a good thing. He won the Heisman Trophy, and Sark knows how to force-feed the football to a wide receiver. And that's why a lot of people are looking at it. And and mm-hmm. we got a chance to talk to X, and he said he feels good. Mm-hmm. He feels probably the best that he's been in a very long time. He did. So there's a lot to desire when you start thinking about his freshman year, going back to what we talked about last yesterday about Caden Stearns, how he played his freshman year, X-Man, the only problem that X had last year, and his numbers probably would have been even better, was he had the drops. And we found mm-hmm. out that he had a broken hand. But his numbers were right around the same. I'm looking for him if he can stay healthy, especially with all the weapons that mm. Texas has, where he can't be double teamed because you're going to get yourself mm. hurt elsewhere. I'm expecting him to have a huge year as well. Yeah, no, I, and honestly. The skinny wide receiver, the the type of wide receiver that Sark likes, these little skinny fast guys. Because uh, Jontae Cook, I haven't looked at it. Jontae Cook seems a little bit thicker. Yeah, he is. Um, a little but bit he's, a, he's still skinnier, faster yeah, guy. He's a burner. Slender, fast guy. We know that he loves speed demons. Sark has started a trend of making these smaller ish or slender ish, slight ish receivers more and more popular. Mm-hmm. And you got to give him credit for that. I went and looked at it. If you just look at body mass index BMI as a way to categorize these wide receivers in terms of how slight they are, which is it's a metric about the height and the weight of a player. And that's why I'm using it. Trust me. And some people want to hit me up. Oh, man, that's a that's a sham uh, algorithm or a sham uh, computation. It's not about that. It's about trying to find a way to categorize the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. If you look at BMI, uh, body mass index for wide receivers, that was uh, 25 or less. Body mass index 25 or less. Basically, since Devontae Smith was drafted, and Devontae Smith was, like I said, he was one of those guys. He was a, if really, we hadn't seen a receiver that small ish or slight ish get drafted that high, but he was an outlier. He ended up winning the highest as a wide receiver. Shows you how great he was. His BMI was 23, mm. 23.1. And he went, what, 10th overall. And I, you go back and look at it. If you go look at it, since 2000, there have been 24 wide receivers drafted with a 25 body mass index or less since 2000. In the first two rounds. I'm looking at the first two rounds. I didn't go through the whole draft. First two rounds, 24 wide receivers drafted with 25 BMI or less since 2000. 11 of those have happened since Devontae Smith was drafted. Think about that. Wow. Right? Wow. 11 of those came since Devontae Smith was drafted. And that was, what, three years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and so you're talking about basically 20 years where you had, you know, what, 13 wide receivers drafted in the first two rounds with uh, 25 BMI or less. And now since Devontae Smith, they saw that. <laughs> And saw that he could be really capable of performing at a really high level, even being as slight as he was. And give Sark some credit for that, too. You've seen a lot of other teams decide to look the other way 
on drafting a slight wide receiver that high. This year, it was Zay Flowers. Yep. First round. I mean, he to was the five, Baltimore Ravens. Yep, five ten, one eighty two. Um, so he was a you know he was a slightish guy, but still not small, small. Um, but you got Jordan Addison was really slight. He's five eleven, one seventy three. So he was like twenty four point one. Uh, Marvin Mims was at twenty four point seven. So those were the only two wide receivers drafted in the first two rounds that were below the twenty five BMI. Wow. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it just shows There's a lot. There's <laughs> more and more. Of those now, how productive they are? Only two, I think, have gotten multiple thousand yard seasons. But it just started really as a a popular trend. So I think you'll see more of those guys have more productivity too. Those small or guys, small ish guys. Um, look, I know that we we mess around mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about these players and and thinking about the possibility. There was a time I, I didn't think a wide receiver was going to win a Heisman Trophy or let alone be invited to the spot. I think mm-hmm. the last one that I re- truly remember being invited to the spot was what, Randy Moss? Randy mm-hmm. Moss put up right some big numbers it, with his opportunity. So for uh, Devontae Smith to not only get there but win it, that's kind of the same situation where I was looking at when we were first talking about um, X-Men. When that, when that story first came out where he was like, ah, he may be a, the dark horse for it, I was like, man, that may not work. But going back to your point about how Sark can feature those guys and the fact that he probably will not be double teamed a lot because you're creating mismatches all over the field, and that's why Sark is so giddy about this team because if your quarterback has a good year, doesn't have to be great, have a good year mm-hmm. with all the weapons that you have, you have an opportunity to put in some really big numbers. So I'm excited to see it. I'm, I, I really hope that that comparison kind of lives up to it because yeah, don't be forget. <laughs> and he also returns punts mm-hmm. like Devontae Smith. And Sark likes him back there, too. Yes, he does. Because he scares me at first. I'm like, man, get him off of there because he does not believe in a fair catch. No. (laughs) He believes. He he says he's the fastest guy on the team. If I get outside, I'm gone. And he believes it. Yeah. And, yeah, he believes his speed ultimately can win because, yeah, he always tries to get to the outside, too. He's not one of the returners that is trying to kind of split the the, uh, coverage. Right. He wants to beat him to the edge. No doubt. And he does. Yeah, sometimes he does. Man, I'm like, golly, how would he get there? He said he's. And a I fast. love punt return. Yeah, and but love I, it. what I love about uh, X Man is he is uh, a speed demon. Yes, he is. But a lot of receivers, when they are speed demons, they are not necessarily uh, the most dedicated route runners. Like paying attention to the actual details of route running because they know, hey man, I just get on my, right. I get on my horse. That guy, I can't I can, t- I can get his, with me. I can get his hips turned, right. and then I can run whatever route I want to. And they're right about that. But Father Time comes for us all, and eventually your speed will fade. Uh, but he actually is a really good route runner. He takes pride in it. He does. He's a he, damn he good route runner. He's got the speed too, but yep. he actually is a really good route runner. And I would say the art of route running is creating separation, and he's really good at being able to create that separation the subtle, through all the subtle nuances of his body language and the way that he sets up the DBs. It's it really is it's it's masterful. So I, re- I remember when Brennan Thompson, Brennan Thompson, when Brennan Marion was talking about him, and he was like, 
This dude works. Like, he is a guy. He's precise yeah. with his routes. And now you bring in Chris Jackson, somebody who's been in the league, that's over there teaching him now. That is going to make X-Man a very, very dangerous target for any team that is trying to figure out how to stop him. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, he's not just speed. Um, he, exactly. He, he's a featured wide receiver, but he does have the ability to burn. I think last year he was typecast mm-hmm. as the speed deep threat when that's not really what he needs to be. He can do that, nope. but he needs to be a guy that's featured in a lot of different ways. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, quick Heisman yeah. notes. Jump, jump uh, out, The up. last Heisman uh, wide receiver before uh, uh, Devontae Smith Desmond? Uh, would have been three. No, the finalist. He was okay. third was uh, Amari Cooper in 2014. Amari Came in third place. Uh, Randy Moss was fourth in in 1997, and then yeah, if you go back to 1991, Desmond Howard won it. Yeah, at wide receiver, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Wow. I didn't realize he was a finalist. At the- yeah, I believe Blake Sims was the quarterback for Alabama, and they were 12 wow. and two. So they were like, "Well, we're not going to give it to Blake Sims. <laughs> Come yeah. on down, Amari Cooper." Yeah, I didn't know. I said, "Damn, uh, Alabama wide receivers." Um, yeah, so uh, that's you know, right now, I think it's a good thing that yeah. X Men's getting those kind of comparisons to Devontae Smith. Um, okay, let's get to uh, a couple of uh, stories here. Actually, we can get to Chip Brown inside reports and still get some Texas basketball in. So, just real quick, uh, shout out to my man Chip Brown. He does have his insider report over there at Horns 24-7. See, breezy. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, uh, Hards worked with Chip mm-hmm. Brown for many years. Um, but I'll just read a couple of the nuggets. You can go check it out for yourself. I don't want to give away the whole thing. Chip Brown works hard on that. Um, he did mention in his insider piece that uh, David Bender, has a, a player who could surprise in 2023. He said he asked a few team sources for some intel on a fifth-year senior. One source said Benda saw some saw how middle linebacker Jalen Ford finally emerged as a breakout player in his third season as a Longhorn and was inspired to try to make the same kind of leap. Um, says David saw the light go on for Jalen and he's doing everything um, that and everything that he can make happen for that, uh, make that happen for himself this year. He's worked his butt off and been a leader and has shown the coaches how versatile he can be. Well, that's the funny part about it is because he's bounced around on both sides of the ball since he's been at the University of Texas because he was that good of an athlete. Remember, they moved him to running back when he was supposed to be a, a linebacker, and then they moved him back to linebacker, and then they moved him outside, and then he was supposed to play inside. I mean, this guy's gone through a lot since he's been at the 40 acres. So I'm not surprised because you know as well as I do, once you put him in a place where he can succeed and he knows that's where I'm going to be, he can dive all into it and really focus on getting better at that position. Yeah, they say he played uh, Will linebacker, uh, Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. He can play middle linebacker. He can play any role on uh, the, the basically in the linebacker position on defense. And as you brought up, yeah, as a football player, the guy even plays on offense <laughs> yeah. too. They've been trying to find a role for him. They like him. They like him, obviously. Every yeah. regime likes him because they want to find a place for him. Yep. And he's been, you know, loyal in the transfer portal era and stayed here at Texas to try to get his shot. And we don't know who the linebacker is going to be opposite of Jalen Ford. We know Jalen Ford is going to be starting guy right now. Anthony Hill. There's a lot of talk about him because he's a natural pass rusher, and they may want him in that Demarvion Overshone role coming off the edge, where he proved to be one of the better pass rushers at linebacker in the Big Twelve, maybe in the country actually coming off the edge. Demarvion Overshone was really good in that role, mm-hmm. and uh, also in this piece, um, it brings up Mo Blackwell. 
Uh -huh. He said, uh, one team source said Mo Blackwell continued to earn trust with the coaches as more than just a big hitter. He's showing more and more that he'll uh, be <clears throat> where he's supposed to be and mind his gap and be a good teammate. Uh, being as fast as Mo is only helps if you're reading your keys correctly and moving in the right direction. Otherwise, you're just getting out of position faster. Mo is making huge strides there, reading his keys correctly and using that speed to his advantage. I know my man Jeff Howe is a big Mo Blackwell guy, too. I've been, um, too. And he's got a hybrid skill set, right? He could they moved them to safety before, mm -hmm. moved them back to linebacker. So those are two guys, along with Anthony Hill. All right. If the young Anthony Hill, the prodigy, if his, you know, development um can somehow be, you know, expedited um hasten to a cer a certain extent, mm -hmm. then maybe he'll become that guy. But at least you got options to figure out who's going to fill the the, I don't know if it's a void, but there's definitely uncertainty, question marks, about who's going to be the off-ball linebacker opposite Jalen Ford. Yeah. And and for me, I mean, you sit there and you look mm -hmm. at what Jalen Ford was able to do with the breakout performance from last year. You talked about Mo Blackwell, who's somebody that is super athletic. He's a guy that can move, yeah. and he has that fluidity in which he moves. But you sit there and you think about Anthony Hill, and you got the Hawaiian uh, linebacker, that has done a great job too. Oh yeah, Louis Fatal. Yeah, uh, I forgot. His, uh, I'll get it right. Yeah. I'll probably screw it up, but I'll get it right. But he's <laughs> another name that a lot of people aren't really mentioning because Anthony Hill, Anthony Hill. But this is a young Leon man that every, and every person that yeah. you've talked to about him, they say that he may surprise some people as well. He so he could get a lot of playing time. I I talked to somebody today, and they asked me. They were like, "What do you truly believe?" I said, I believe this is going to be one of those teams that just because we're, we're, we're so close to it, it makes it hard because we know we've seen it go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. But if this many people from afar are looking at this Texas football team with all the talent that it has and they're believing it, there's something to be said about that. Mm -hmm. Because you talked about the big humans, but most importantly, these guys, they look different. They have a different mindset. They're talking totally different. And most importantly, there's a lot of experience on this team. It is. That you can help those young players get there faster. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, that's why I'm looking at it from, you know, where are the weaknesses? Right. We can talk about the strengths. But Correct. I, I think that's why everybody's really high on Texas. Uh, defensively, you know, I try to look at where would an offensive coordinator attack Texas? Where are they going to try mm -hmm. to exploit Texas? You're not going to throw at Jalen Ford. You're nope. not picking on guys like Jade Barron who've proven themselves. You know, you're going to pick on the unproven commodities, and the unproven commodities are off-ball linebacker mm -hmm. opposite Jalen Ford, yep. field corner. All right, opposite Ryan Watts, whoever that's going to be. Out there. I think it's going to be Terrence Brooks, but whoever that's going to be, still got to prove themselves. Forget about Gavin Holmes. Uh, yeah, could be Gavin Holmes too yep. as well. Yeah, those are the spots. And then the defensive end spot opposite Baron Sorrell. Those are your three problem areas for the Texas defense. Yep. I'm not saying they're all going to be problems, but if I'm an offensive coordinator and you ask me to build a game plan going up against Texas, it's easy where I start. Yep. I'm attacking defensive end. Opposite Baron Sorrell, <laughs> right. I'm attacking the linebacker spot. Opposite Jalen Ford, and I'm attacking the field corner. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that's where your really smart coordinators are gonna start early on this mm -hmm. season picking on Texas. 
Uh, are they going to be weaknesses? I'm not saying they are going to be. I love Terrence Brooks. think he's going to be great. I love Anthony Hill. Uh, hopefully, David Bender does have a breakout campaign. That would be great. And whoever ends up taking the defensive end spot, whether it's uh, Finkley or yeah. all the different options they can throw out there, hopefully they can moneyball that position. But if you want to know who's going to get picked on, I'm telling you right now. Right. That's easy. Yeah. That is an easy <laughs> That is an easy look for yeah. sure. Because you do not know who that other player is going to be. But as you look at this team as a whole, this is going to be uh, one of the most important seasons or one of the most excitable seasons mm-hmm. from the very beginning on the paper. On the paper. On paper it is. But like like Ryan Clark said, they got to go out there and play. They don't play it on I, paper. They don't play it on paper. They don't play it on if paper. If they would, we would have had a lot more national championships yeah, or at yeah, least yeah. been yeah. playing for Big 12 championships. Oh, man. It'd be awesome. It's like a right. fantasy football team. It don't work that way. It does not work mm-hmm. that way. Not that Sorry easy. Sorry to hear that. Uh, so, yeah, go check out uh, that insider piece. Uh, there's some other uh, nuggets up there. We'll get into some more of that coming up later on in the show. Um, but shout out to my man Chip Brown doing a really good job at Horns 24-7. Okay, uh, Texas basketball mm-hmm. also um, ended up with some uh, some news. The Big 12 announced Thursday who each team will face as part of conference play this year to make the 18-game slate. The conference put five home-and-home home opponents, four home-only opponents, and four away-only opponents on each team's schedule. Texas will have home and away games with Baylor, Houston, Ooh. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Yep. The Longhorns will only host UCF, Iowa State, K State, and Oklahoma State. And uh, Rodney, uh, also, they, they're set to face BYU, Cincinnati, Kansas, and TCU on the road. The only problem that a lot of people have is that that Kansas game, they don't get to come here. You don't get, yeah, you don't you get, don't get, a get home them and home and home with Kansas. No, you don't. That's the one that you really, really wanted was the home and That's away true. against them. But – other than that, I don't have a problem with this schedule. I know I heard my man Craig Wade talking about, I got to go to BYU. He has to make that trip to BYU. He didn't want to go to uh, Provo? Yeah, I don't think he wanted to go to Provo anymore. Really? I've been to Provo. Yeah. I think you were on the It was not a good experience. Game. It was not a good experience at all. That's when you saw Taysom Hill oh, fresh off a bike. The white VY out there, man. With the, with the knee that brace the, up. Wasn't that the rain delay, too? Was that the weather delay one? I believe you're correct. Where you had to be there one. all night yeah. because oh, of that? That was a long game. That was game Manny Diaz game, like, game, right? It was the Manny Diaz yeah. game. Yeah. That yep. a, that and that's a, when you was there, Dan, bro. That was a horrible, <laughs> horrible. That was a horrible game. It really was. Ugh. That was a terrible experience overall. H- hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did Manny Diaz. He yep. hated it, too. Uh, Texas basketball. Uh, Patrick, you see, obviously, a lot of Texas basketball. Get a chance to see them up close and personal, as you did last season. Uh, what are your thoughts about the, the schedule? Or at least I, some of the unveiling of it. Some yeah. Of it. I mean, it's, it's Big 12 basketball, so it isn't, you know, every game is going to be tough. So I don't think it's something where you can sit and go, we had a, the worst draw of games. Uh, you know, you, you definitely got a little treatment of, hey, if we're going to do one of Kansas, let's do make it at Kansas and yeah. stuff like that where you see a little bit of that. that you know, you put home and away with West Virginia, which is not going to be a great team this year with Bob Huggins being gone and a lot of a, a change over there. However, it is a long flight. It is not a place anybody really wants to travel to, so it wasn't necessarily Baylor, hard game. Close. I get why you make it home and away. Houston, hard yep. game, but it's close. I get why you make it home and away. OU, you have to have. And Texas Tech, the rivalry's there. Mm-hmm. I, can anybody name a Texas Tech head, head coach right now? Yeah. Uh, McClaslin. McGaslin. 
There you go. Good yeah, job. I like right. it, Mike. Good I like job, it. You know who he used to be? I had no He shot. used to be an assistant coach at Baylor. Then he went to North Texas. Now yes. he's there. Yes, but yeah. that's the thing. Good so job, Texas Tech, wife Texas Tech has gone through a ton well of change yep. in the last few years. So, you like the fan base will be up for it because it is Texas, but I don't know if it's the same fan base that was there five or six years ago when yeah. you, you stole our coach. We hate you to like Chris Beard is mm. not part of the equation in any form anymore. Yep. So there's still a lot of vitriol. They don't Texas Tech doesn't like Texas. I don't know if that rivalry is going to be as crazy, but it'll still be crazy. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a good point. It lost some of its luster now that Chris Beard has moved on from Texas too. And K State's one of those teams. We know Tang is a really good coach. I, I just don't know what they're going to put out there with Keontae Ingram and. Uh, 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 Vaughn is it Vaughn? The, the, the little guy? Uh, Deuce Vaughn? Not Deuce no, Vaughn. Not Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I'm like Deuce. It's not, it's not, Vaughn. I can't remember his name. Guy, uh, so. Noel, Mark Steve's Noel. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. his yeah. name. I, yeah, I'm getting all the young. I'm the, like the Vaughn. I'm getting all the these small, <laughs> small Kansas State players confused. Kansas State loves a small, <laughs> yeah. small, a small player. Uh, yeah. So they're they're they definitely have to go through some. We'll see what they end up with. But Tang's a really good coach. So He's so they really may be able to play again this year. Big fan of him. Uh, and then it's OU. You know, they haven't been good for a few years. So, I, I mean, it's not any huge favors. You'd love to have Kansas at home instead of away. But other than that, I don't think there's – Baylor and Houston make sense because they're just closer games. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's And both of those programs have been really good lately too. So, that's those are sexy matchups home and away for Texas. Yeah, the Kansas thing, I, I, I can see why Longhorn fans may be a little bit, you know, upset by that, the fact you don't get the home and home with them. But – um, I, I, I'm with I'm with Patrick. I, it's like going to the SEC for Texas. I said that about football and probably baseball too. Now, um, you know, you get a favor. You, you may you may get a um, a favorable schedule, but that's no easy schedule. Yeah, there's never yeah. going to be. There's an no easy, easy schedule for Texas yeah. for, for Big Twelve basketball. Right. Oh no man, it schedules. don't matter where you're playing. Don't it's matter. the big. It's the Big Twelve. <laughs> the big <laughs> they 12. get after it, man. Uh, all right, what you got coming up for the people in Hard Knock Life? We'll talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and what makes him tick that I think they got away from, but. I think this is the year that they go back to it. All right, I like that. We'll talk some Dallas Cowboys on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 on the Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And of course, you can follow the man that's in charge of all of our themes throughout the week at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're on the Specs text line, and we've been getting all of those, and thank you for all of the kind words. Uh, Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And as most of you know, and if you don't know, you must have been under a rock. I am a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. 
And I am a huge Dak Prescott fan, and I know there's a lot of Dak haters out there and still believe that he is the reason why the Cowboys can't get over the hump. There's more reasons than that. But I get where you're coming from, and it's been a very unfortunate situation in Dallas over the last couple years. But most importantly, the year last year when the playoffs, that's when everybody really started losing it on Dak. But other than that, he's been putting up great numbers. He was rookie of the year. He's done different things during his time as the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. But during that time, one of the biggest things that he's had success with has always been play action. And I have been saying it throughout the entire time, whenever you have him just dropping back and you have wide receivers that a lot of people still don't want to make understand They had problems separating. And I don't care who you are as a quarterback. If your wide receivers don't get any separation, it's going to be difficult for you to get the ball in there. Now, there were some tips interceptions. We've gone through that. There were some bad throws. We've seen that. But if your guys aren't getting separation, a lot of times you do seem like you're forcing the ball in there. And that's what it looks like to a lot of people. Now, You can say, well, you know, he's always done that, and he's always had great years. He's had Kellen Moore. They put up great numbers as quarterback in in offensive coordinator. And Rod gives me crap all the time about the fact that I don't give love to my man Kellen Moore because they got a great relationship. He don't. But he gone now. He (laughs) gone. So now it's going right back to where it all starts, and it starts with the quarterback, and it starts with his head coach. During this offseason, after the transition was made, they all came to the table and they were calling. Mike McCarthy said, we're going to run the ball a little bit more. We're going to do a little bit more. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. I think what you're going to end up doing is getting the ball in and out of Dak's hand in a quicker manner. And how do you do that? Where's the most, most uh, fun for Dak as a quarterback? It's the play-action pass. And this is something that I don't get too deep into these numbers like my man Rob B, but I do look at them. And I always try to figure out, okay, what exactly is it that needs to be done? Well, during play action, we all know, even if we don't have a true running presence, you still have to make it look like you're going to run the ball. And if you do that, what ends up happening is the linebackers have to take a step up. The defensive ends are crashing down a little bit different. And a lot of defensive backs, they peep into the backfield Mm -hmm. a lot of times. We've seen it a lot. Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs is always peeking in the backfield. And Dak Prescott, when he does that, his numbers are so much better. Dak Prescott's play action rate in 2022 was second highest of his career at 27.2 per Pro football focus. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's where I get a little nervous. Uh, I, I don't, but I knew <laughs> that this number was going to be accurate. And when he's using it, it helped improve his quarterback rating, his passer rating, his big throw percentages, and it reduced his turnover rate. Mm-hmm. Because why? They created separation, and he can get the ball in there. I don't even care if it's Patrick Mahomes trying to get the ball in there. If your guys don't have separation, it's going to be tough for your quarterback to be able to get the ball there. Even if it helps them for a half a second, a millisecond, Mm -hmm. it changes the way it goes. And the beautiful thing about it 
even if they're faking it, that is going to be a major part. Football outsiders looked at play action success and, and, and found this. It said oftentimes it's the, the work best at the very beginning of the game mm-hmm. because no run is being established there. So everybody's going to try to, oh, they're going to run the ball early. You're not just automatically coming out and running a play action right away. And they also found in early down play action, first and second down, you produce 1.2 yards more per play than the standard dropbacks. That is what has been bothering me the entire time when you just automatically put Dak in that, that situation where we all know you got nobody in the backfield so what? there's no opportunity for a play action. Mm-hmm. There's no opportunity to fake it. And again, if you don't have guys that can separate, it makes it very difficult for them. I believe you gave the numbers the other day or last week where you were talking about he had his biggest problems when it was third and long. Yes, he does. He Most always has those interceptions yeah. on the third and mm-hmm. long. You know why? Because nobody believes he's going to run the ball. So it makes it easier for them. And, again, you're going to get used to this, and you're going to hear it later throughout the season. You're going to hear people say his guys are not getting separation. Or last year they didn't get a lot of separation. Well, what did they do? They went out and got Brandon uh, Brandon Cooks, yep. a 1,000-yard receiver. You got C.D. Lamb, who now won't be double-teamed near as much. You're hoping that Jalen Tolbert will be able to play at a, bear, a higher level. You were looking at Michael Gallup, excuse me, who has come back to the second season after his injury. That is going to make him feel a lot healthier. Mm. He's going to probably try to go back to being that Michael Gallup where everybody was excited for him before he got hurt. So this year, with the Mike McCarthy being more hands-on than Mike McCarthy, talking about we're going to establish the run this year, even though we don't even know who if our running back's going to be there. But they're tr- they're saying that this is going to create more opportunities for Dak Prescott dare I say, to be in the conversation in which he was before he got hurt, that people were looking at him as a possible MVP candidate. Mm. There's a lot of opportunity. What did you go through yesterday? We talked about it. He was in the top 10 of opportunities to be an MVP. Now, we know I'm not coming on this airways and telling you Dak is going to be an MVP candidate. I'm not saying he can't because he's been there before. There's been conversations about him before, before he got hurt. He was in that conversation. Now there's being adjustments to it. And if they can figure out the separation and the tight end for position, I told you, I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson. Big yeah. fan. And a lot of people weren't big fans of Dalton Schultz until when? Till Dalton Schultz started making plays. Let Jake Ferguson develop in the relationship blossom. Dak took everybody to Atlanta with him. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they spent a week in Atlanta working out and having practices and getting a bond, and he brought the whole crew there. Uh, they're getting ready to start the camp. I believe that this is going to be a make-or-break year, just like I said with Texas, for Mike McCarthy and, most importantly, for Dak Prescott. Uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, you've been yelling it for a while. I don't know why. I mean, they and by the way, they, they did use a lot of play action for Dak. Yes. I mean, you said second most of his career yep. in terms of play action pass rate. But I still think it was like, what was it, ninth the most in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. I don't know exactly what the number is. Um, they should be more extreme with it. 
Yeah. They should use, I know they use it a lot, but they should use it even more. If they're at 20, right under 20, 30%. Yeah, 27.2. They should be at 30, at 33%. They were 27.3 or 20, yeah, 27.3 with Cooper Rush. Yeah. So they're they're consistent with it. That was the number. They can get closer to thirty. They need to be yeah. above. They need to be above thirty. Right. They need to be closer to. I know it's thirty five. Yeah. It needs to be above a third of his pass attempts should be play action passes. Agreed. Because he had seventeen interceptions last season total with the playoffs in the regular season, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, sixteen of those came on straight dropbacks. Yeah. He only threw one interception when he was use, utilizing play action pass. Yeah, so, Mike, to Mike, your point. <laughs> yeah, Mike McCarthy is a huge play action guy too, because most of his numbers uh, that he achieved, where he called all those plays, he used it with Aaron Rodgers too. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was a big play action guy, and but he had guys that were separating, whether it was from the play action or guys just knowing how to run routes properly. Um, I think that's going to be a big, big move for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Make sure you pay attention to the play action percentages this year for Dak Prescott, and that will tell you a lot about where the Cowboys are headed. Yeah, I mean the regardless of that defense. No, I mean the truth is every quarterback is better with play action than mm-hmm. without it. It's just a cheat code that works better for every quarterback. I don't know why the NFL doesn't use it a lot more. Um, period, because it and it also works. The stats are proven. It works regardless of whether your running game is working or not. Right. It still works. The yeah. Defenses, defenders, I, I'm a defender, so I can say this. Mm. Defenders are relatively low IQ football players a lot of the time, and they just fall for that that run fake over and over again because mm-hmm. it's been drilled into their subconscious over and over again. Stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. You can flip the dynamic by coming out throwing but still giving them the bait Yep. which is the play-action pass. Yeah. The one thing you have to worry about is if your running backs have troubles with pass protection on a play-action, a lot of the times you like to run out and then the guy basically has to become the blocker for the whoever was coming through to get him. They have to then stop them instead of running out on a route. So you just have to make sure you have all that covered because we know that basically Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones, uh, Deuce Vaughn, none are known for their pass protection. Well, the one so they can thing, do it somewhat good, do a chop block or something like that, but they can't really block. Yeah. They're not going to sit there and stop them for a minute while you wait for someone to get downfield. Here's the other thing that I want to see from the Cowboys, and the same thing I said about Texas: put in a screen game. That will calm a lot of people down too from getting to your quarterback mm-hmm. to put pin in their ears back to put pressure on you. Run more screen plays. That will help. Uh, I agree with you, but yeah, it's just crazy the difference between Dak with play action pass than without play action pass. Yeah, <laughs> his in twenty twenty two eighty seven passer rating without play action pass. Yeah, and a one hundred two passer rating with it. <laughs> it's like like how do you not know that? <laughs> and it's like, right. It's like hey guys, he's very very different uh, as a play action pass quarterback. But I will say they also brought in uh, three data scientists as a part yep. of their analytics yep. department, the Cowboys. So they're re, kind of revamping, overhauling their analytics department. Hopefully the analytics department is bringing up things that Hard just talking about right now. They have numbers that are obviously way more in-depth than that, that that show you that Dak is just a – he is night and day difference and better with play-action pass than without it. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah Way better. And and you've been preaching this and yelling at this for <laughs> right, as long as I've been with you on this show. <laughs> right. So that's a long time, which means at this point it should be pretty damn obvious. And we'll see. Maybe that's what Mike McCarthy wants. Maybe he wants more players. Maybe that's what he was missing. Texas Coast offense. Yeah. Maybe that's a big part of it. Maybe, like you said, the running game, all the talk about the running game is the okey-doke. Maybe. This is the long play action. Exactly. All right? This is the, right long, the, long, the long play action. He's like, oh, no, we're going to be running the ball a lot. Yeah. Oh, we're going to run it a ton. It's like, you don't even have a running back. What <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Your lead running back is still hurting. Yep. Or we're going to run it a lot. It's like, no, we're going to act like we're going to run it a lot. Lots of play action. Yep. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, one on the horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for a little off the record. And, man, Jordan Addison, mm, he was off the record, but also a lot of control. Um, He was uh, cited for speeding and reckless driving. Did you guys hear about how fast Jordan Addison was going? Yeah. Crazy. He was going 140 miles per hour in a 55. Yeah, fifty-five, did according you, to a Minnesota State Patrol. Did you see the? Uh, this is three video? in the morning, by the way. Three a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, in his Lamborghini, he got a Lambo. Shout yeah. out! So the man got a good taste, but mm, he's wilding. Yeah, I saw the video, and the cops were following him for a while. Like, just I did not watch the video. I did, and he was he was cooking, he was cooking, and it was one. It was on one of those little highways that. You, you're entering on, and then all of a sudden, pew, he's just taking off, and he didn't see the trooper behind him. Mm. But still, dude, I mean, in a 50. Wow. Yeah, turning it up. Now, that's dangerous. You, well, guess, yeah, that to go that fast. That's dangerous. You could easily yeah. just lose control of things. Yeah. I mean, done, you can hit anything. Henry Ruggs. Pothole. Yeah. Henry Ruggs. Yeah. We saw that with, the, with Georgia. Yep. And everything that happened there. Like, there's Great too point. many examples of people's careers being yeah. over, people's lives being over because of, like, I get it. Go off, but you have the money. Yeah. You can go on a racetrack. You, yeah, you can go yeah. to, you can go to, you're at off season, go to the Autobahn, have fun. I think Michael Griffin does that. Like, Michael Griffin, like, takes does. his motorcycle out to Coda or he something does. like that. And you can do it where it's, it's yeah. supervised and it is, and I know it's more fun to do it not supervised, especially when you're in your early 20s and it's fun. I get it, but. When you're mm. when you're supposed to be providing for your whole family, yeah, dude. do you like yeah, at a certain point you have to realize like, oh man, I, I have a gift that I am able to provide my entire family generational by, wealth with my talent and my ability, my <laughs> ding, work ethic, ding. and I probably shouldn't throw that away because I, it's three a.m. and it'd be really fun right now. Exactly. Yeah, I get the need for speed. Some people got you know, adrenaline junkies. Yeah. I get it. We talk about mm-hmm. adrenaline junkies all the time. And there's a constructive way to get it out of your system. That is not it. Especially, you just talked about the Henry Ruck situation. He was going yep. 156, I believe, in a 45. Yeah. And then ended up killing a woman and yep. her dog and injured himself. And, of course, his life is forever changed and, and not in a good way. Um, and his girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. His girlfriend oh, was yeah. in the car. Oh, yeah. She was in the car, too. Oh, well, I don't know if. 
that was the girlfriend, but yeah, he okay, had a female yes, in a, there. Yes, a lady. Yeah. Yes, a good point. Lady yeah. with him. I mean, now he's facing. Have we? Do we have the final uh, sale? Is it three to ten years? Uh, I'm, that I'm not sure, but I think you're know? around that number. He's facing around that whatever that. I number think is. he's in there already. In there already. Yeah. Yes, I'm saying I don't know the exact sentence, but my no. point. But the point is, it's not worth it. We've seen these At tragedies. Uh, Patrick brought up the Georgia thing. I forgot all about that. Yeah. But, yeah, that was racing, too. It was yes, like it was. Racing and street racing. That's crazy. Uh, any Anytime you're doing fast speeds, I, yeah, man, I even hate to bring up the said Benson thing, but I think it was yeah, like a yeah. speed. He was speeding on a motorcycle. So yep. it's, it ain't worth it. I tell you all the time, it ain't worth it. It's really not. He gonna be, it, it, now, he's not about being late. He wasn't rushing anything. He's just trying to get. A rush, yeah, adrenaline rush. Uh, also, not worth it. Yeah, as Patrick mentioned, you can go sign some endorsement deal with some company that will pay you to go do this on the track. Yes, <laughs> supervised with a lot more safety precautions around you. Why? Well, I guess that's part of the thrill, though. It's like, well, that's no, part that's, of the thrill. Part of the thrill is I want to do it on the street. No, right. no, it's, it's, it's that, illegal. You know, it's I mean? that part of you just need to have, man. You just need to find. This is an early indication that you need to be surrounded by better people, mm-hmm. not people that are like, it's 3 a.m., yeah, you should go ride a car. But, like, dude, like, train camp's coming up, man. I'm just saying, like, your foot slips and you no oh, longer – and yep. you're Anything. you're lucky if you're in a hospital for the rest of your life. Yeah, that could have went all types of wrong. Like, that's what I'm just like, I get it, but, yeah. man, come on. It's same Fast and the Furious, though. No. No, but it, it's not, and it's, it's <laughs> not like you don't – it's not like, hey, man, you got nothing, you know – you, you maybe you can go do this and and what are you going to lose? Like you're going to lose lots, a lot. Yeah, you have a lot on the line, and you somebody else may lose. No, you I agree. Like, I, yeah. but I, I I get that that is a hard sell to young people. Is I agree. You, we talk. We sound like old man radio, but you're right. I, no, yeah, like it, it's a hard it sell to young it. people. Of oh, you could. You, I ain't gonna hurt nobody. It ain't. And you're it. like, I know, but you you could like something really small could really. And hey, man. You could get arrested and go to jail, and the Vikings could cut you, and the rest of the NFL could be like, all right, you're a suspension for this. That's mm-hmm. a possibility. And mm-hmm. do you really want to start your career with that? No. Just, just you did nothing. You did nothing. You broke the law. And the, and everybody said, you know what? We don't want, we don't need lawbreakers around us. Yep. Like that, just that. I you know you're pushing. No, I'm with you. It's. Yeah, that's a, that seems like a lesson, especially after the rugs thing. After the Georgia thing, those were big national stories in sports that you would have to, you know, criticize Jordan Addison for making that type of poor decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a poor decision. I mean, that was terrible. That could have, like I said, it, this is the best case scenario for it. Right. The way it ended. This is actually the best case scenario is that yep. hey, nobody was hurt and he just ended up getting cited for it. Like I said, that could have went all types of wrong. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, some Cowboys discussion. Cowboys could have the best defense in the NFL. Mm. Uh, this NFL analyst certainly thinks so. Also, we'll hear from Brandon Cooks, who's really excited about his time with the Cowboys, and he's uh, he's calling his shot come on now. in a certain kind of way. We'll get to that and some Madden ratings, and we'll talk about all that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. NFL News Snow to Nuggets right here on 104 down the horn.